Welcome to the School for Mystics podcast with Misha Saido and Marina Galan. In this podcast, Marina and I will share with you unique and contrarian perspective of how our lives really work. Hi, Misha. Good morning. How are you? Okay. Hello, Marina. <laughs> morning. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. I'm this really, is, I'm killing I really your know it. Like, I really need to know it. So, the tiger ruffle. Let me understand this metaphor correctly. A friend of yours, like you are 26 or 27, and a friend of yours is saying, Marina, with you, it is like a tiger ruffle. Before you win the uh, ruffle, Everyone wants to get you because you're so funny and you're so beautiful and you're so bubbly and energetic and so smart. But once someone gets the ticket... I, I... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So once someone gets the tiger, they think, oh my God, I cannot handle it. What have I done? I cannot handle the tiger. Yes. And so, so you see, they, 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 there is a, there is a um, saying we use in Spanish that talks, we've talked about this, about healing yourself before you get yes. sick. Right? So before you actually win the tiger, you start having doubts. You know, it's like, do I really want the tiger? I don't know yeah. what to do with the tiger. How would I handle the tiger? Do I have the facilities for yes. the tiger? Okay. You know, things like that. Huh. Now, this is this is this is not what I think of myself. This is what I have been told. <laughs> I have no idea if it's true, but I was told that this is part of the masculine way of thinking. Mm. Now you tell me, is it? Like I'm listening to all of that, and I'm really fascinated. So I understand the logic of it. You know, I heard many times, like, you know, my, my male friends say about their girlfriends, like, she's too something for me, like, she's too beautiful for me, or she's too smart for me, or she's too wealthy for me, or she's too successful for me. Well, there you but go. I personally, I was never getting like what they are saying. I'm like, what? Like, oh, dude, like you just won the lottery if this is true. For me, like, you gotta be so lucky. But Misha, look at the statistics. More than 90% of the people that win the lottery lose it all, yeah. even more, within a year because they don't feel worth it. Yeah. And because there is the sense of unworthiness playing out in the background, they sabotage everything. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it is not the problem with winning in the tiger ruffle. The problem is it's not that the tigers are playing in the ruffle. No, the problem is the the thinking that is playing out yeah. in the players. Yeah. So the, the person who won the ruffle is not thinking that he or she is a tiger herself. And that's why they, they basically fuck it all up. Yeah, basically. But, and I mean, we can recognize this 
in different areas of life, mm-hmm. not only relationships, yeah, right? For sure. Like you really want to be the all-star rock singer, but oh my God, once you get there, handling that is incredibly difficult. Mm. Right? Yeah. And you want to be, I don't know, the most popular girl in high school, but handling that is a lot. Mm-hmm. And everything we want, there is so much attached to it. And we believe that it's going to give us something else. But at the same time, what we think about ourselves is playing in the background. Yeah. And it's manifesting in the form in which we then behave towards that. Wow, this is so interesting. My wife is saying it is not the big mansion that scares me. It is the maintenance of it. There you go. Interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. But you see how he's, she's judging her own performance. Yes. Like it, but at the same time, it has never happened. Like, so she, like, we are not living in the mansion right now. So she doesn't have any clue whether the maintenance is going to be a killer or not. But she already judges herself based on her past or based on her present about the future. Based on her projections yeah. about a possible future, you know, and whether she's up to the task or not. Yes. Or like my- so this is a very human thing yeah. in relationship. It plays out a lot, it seems, in the masculine, because you are supposed to be tougher and stronger and bigger and the protector yeah. and all this, right? Yeah. In, uh, in, in, in the feminine, I think it comes out big time when we face motherhood. Mm. It's like we, we feel so inadequate yeah. to deal with something like this. And you think I'm a bad mother? Am I up to the task? What I've done? And all of that, right? I'm a- Absolutely. And I mean, also in the workplace, less and less. But as we start you know, positioning ourselves in, in power and in leading roles, etc. It is a scary world. Mm -hmm. It is a scary world in which you doubt yourself, your own capacities, and that plays out in how you behave in them. And so you you see people that are incredibly aggressive, just because they don't feel that they are safe, capable. Right? Interesting. So tell me, are you a tiger? Everybody's a tiger. <laughs> Everyone is a tiger. It's just that, you know, some people are freer in their expression of their tiger <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, are you truly difficult to handle? She's smiling. No. She's smiling. Everyone who's listening and <laughs> who cannot see it. No, I am not difficult to handle. But I know who I am, and I know what I want. Are there? And a lot of a lot of people out there think that that is difficult to handle. So what what is that exactly? Like, what do you think? Or when you change this perspective and when you are basically in their shoes, and you look at yourself, what are the parts that might be? in their thinking difficult intimidating the word is intimidating what are the the things that are intimidating for them 
Well, probably that I not easily manipulated. Mm. That I am not submissive. Mm-hmm. That I am not willing to give it all up or give myself up mm-hmm. for someone or for someone else's interests. Like, you know, I want to tell you a story. Yes. When I separated from my husband, a few months later, um, I was folding some laundry in my kid's room and they were playing Lego on the floor. And one of them, the middle one, he was what, eight, nine years old? And out of the blue, without even looking at me, he was completely lost in his, in his play. Without looking at me, he says, Mom, I have discovered something really interesting out of you and dad separating. So I said, really? What's that? I was not expecting anything profound or serious. You know, I, I was expecting I have two houses now or I have more toys now or something like that. But what came out of his mouth was, I have realized that you are a complete person. Wow. That's deep for, for a child. Yeah. Right? So I stopped folding laundry and I turned around and I paid complete attention to what he was saying. And I asked him, what, what exactly do you mean by that? And he said, well, before you only took care of us and, you know, tended to dad, made sure that everything was okay. I did not know that you had dreams. Mm. I did not know that you had preferences. And now I do. Hmm. And it's really cool to find out that I have a complete person as a mother. Oh, wow. And my heart broke completely. Because mm-hmm. in that moment, I realized the image that I had been portraying and how unreal it was. You know, and, and, and in that portraying, what I was teaching them that a partner could or should be. Mm -hmm. And I kind of made a silent vow to myself to, to never not be a complete person again, not only to my kids, but to anyone, you know, and we all are complete persons, but we don't necessarily manifest that in our lives Mm -hmm. because of our thinking because of our beliefs because of our conditioning we don't want to you know make anyone feel uncomfortable we don't want to take up too much space we don't want to be too present we don't want to etc but the truth is that the more we can manifest our completeness our wholeness Not only the more happy we will be, but the more clear and pure our relationships with others will be because then there will be no attachment out of necessity or created necessity. Yeah. Do you think that level of completeness would have been possible in that relationship that you had? 
was it about you or it was about the setup? What what was going on? Well, I I, I think every, anything is possible, but but there is a very interesting component in life that I have exp been exploring lately, which is willingness. Mm -hmm. And it, oh man, if you are not willing to expand, if you are not willing to grow, if you are not willing to learn, if you are not willing to transform, there is absolutely nothing that can convince you otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so in that particular relationship, so much conditioning was playing out that willingness on both parts was very compromised. There was so much, there was so much attachment to roles, to should be, mm -hmm. to images that we wanted to portray to our families, to each other's families, to society in general, that it, it had no space for us to breathe. Yeah. It, had no, it had no space for us to actually see that there were possibilities beyond what we were doing. Yeah. There is a beautiful quote by poet David White that says, what you can imagine is too small for you to live. Mm -hmm. So you have to be willing to give up what you can imagine yeah. in order to discover where you can live. And so in a way, I believe that before that relationship, I was manifesting a complete life. Mm -hmm. And then through that relationship, I lost the ability to do that. Well, I lost. I forgot. I dimmed. Forgot. Mm -hmm. I dimmed the ability to do mm -hmm. that. And and now I have, you know, put the volume up all the way, and I am completely, fully present in my life. And it is very evident to everyone. Mm -hmm. And. And it's interesting because it is incredibly intimidating to some. But for others, it becomes such a beautiful invitation. Such a beautiful invitation to discovering that possibility within themselves and in their lives. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> what I'm picking up from this conversation as well, um, in my work, we talk a, a lot about meanings and, and thoughts and that every fact, every circumstance will create a meaning in our heads and we will feel this meaning if it's not neutral for us, right? And we, we, we spoken about that last time. And from this conversation between us now, I realize that sometimes to let go in order to let go of the thought you sometimes have to let go of the circumstance. Sometimes. Yeah. You don't have to, to do that always, but sometimes that's the optimal way. And what you're saying in, in your case, you had to let go of basically of partner to let go of all the attachments that were coming with it. Yeah, well, I had to let go of the form 
You see, because I am still sure. in a relationship sure. with him. He's still my partner in terms yes. of the children and yeah. life and supporting each other in endless ways. But the form. Yes, yes. The, the particular form you had to let go of it in order to lose the attachment. Yeah, Absolutely. that's interesting. And right now, you know, I am discovering um, that in these kind of relationships in which you are truly willing to be full, to be complete, to be an expression of that abundance, there is so much room to... I am going to use a quote by a very, very, very dear friend of mine. To be a wood for the mm. other's fire. Do you see? So it's not only I am complete in my life and you are complete in your life and we get to share it. No. I can be wood for your fire and you can be wood for mine. How can I help mm -hmm. you shine more? Do you see? Talk to me about being wood for someone else's fire. And can I say, is it okay to have instructions for your partner? <laughs> <laughs> like, I need... It depends. It depends. Oh, you no, mean the I, no. Okay. Oh, that's... <laughs> Good catch. Um, no. I mean, like, we have... And you do, you, you have certain preferences for your partner, right? And you're trying to play the uh, match game in terms of your instructions and his instructions or her instructions. For instance, your partner says, hey, you know what? I have this fire and it would be really nice if you play wood. <laughs> and you tell to your partner, like, hey, I know that you have this fire, but I don't really want to be the wood in this particular case. And in this conversation, you're basically trying to match your desires and your instructions towards each other. But at the same time, I know you as a person who self-coached a lot and who has been coached a lot. And you know that at any point of time at this moment in your life, you can pretty much dr drop any instruction towards another human being. So do you still have preferences? Do you still have instructions? <laughs> uh, I have preferences, but I treat them as preferences, mm -hmm. not as needs. So you treat them as preferences, not requirements. Okay. Exactly. And I have requests. I don't have instructions. And what if the request is not granted? No, here's the thing, Misha. My relationships are based on the understanding that love is absolute okay. freedom. Absolute freedom for the other. They are free to choose whatever they want to choose with its consequences. 
And that gives me the ability to choose what I want with all its consequences. If they are not willing to answer my request, they are absolutely free to not do it. And then that will inform me differently. How do you That's choose the partner then? If you can drop any preferences and instructions, the reality is that any walking human being technically can be your partner. <laughs> yeah, technically, yes. But I am, but I am drawn yeah. to certain people. And, and that is not explainable rationally. Mm. We are drawn to the people that we are drawn to. We are not free in what we want. The heart is guiding itself towards wisdom, towards well-being, towards expansion. How do you know if it's your conditioning that is drawing you towards someone or it is your spirit and heart that brings you to someone? Well, so, <laughs> sometimes it's really easy because it, it just goes so against <laughs> your conditioning. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right? Like it's so clearly an act of rebellion yes. against your conditioning. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... I don't think the experience of love can have anything to do with mm. conditioning. I really don't. Especially if you are understanding it from this absolute freedom perspective. But I have, I have seen, Misha, that consider the human condition. The entire universe contemplates us in mm -hmm. absolute respect. We are allowed yeah. everything. We are even allowed to choose the suffering mm -hmm. of our choice. That, there is immense love in that. There is immense respect in that. So if I love my partner, how on earth am I not going to respect mm -hmm. his decisions, his preferences? Even if they even if they take him away from me. Now, being wood for someone's fire, the way I the way I understand it today is how can I help you mm -hmm. be more you? Shed more of what you're not and, and burn brighter. Can you repeat that for everyone listening? That's so good. Can you repeat that? Yes. I can try. <laughs> the way I understand today being wood for someone's fire is how can I help you be more you? Shed more of what you're not so that you can burn brighter. So that you can be completely present in your life. Now, if that takes you away from me, fine. I don't need to love you up close. I can love you from afar. I love you enough to respect that this is what you need. So, hold on. Can we stop here for a moment? Because this is so 
freaking incredible important. When people meet, what sometimes some of them, what they're trying to do is to change the person. They're trying to add stuff. Oh, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to go and learn how to do this and that. And I want you to start doing this and stop doing this, all of that stuff. While what you are saying is, hey, in our partnership, I'm not going to, I won't be adding anything. I'll just help you get rid of what is not yours. Yeah, pretty much. This is so good. So I am, I am yeah. not shaping you. I am, I am helping you see what is not necessary. I am, I am bringing an invitation to a deeper yeah. life. I was, I was writing a, a message for a client today and we were discussing, you know, around love and around this possibility to burn for oneself and the other. And, and we were seeing that somehow allowing the other to be fully themselves oftentimes breaks our hearts. But the breaking of our heart becomes the offering for a deeper life, for a life that is closer to truth. Yeah. For both of us. What we've done just now, we changed or helped me explain one of the old-time conundrums that I had in my head. There is a Latin proverb uh, that is saying, uh, Alice sirviendo consumor. And uh, this phrase means that I serve others by uh, burning to the full. And then, and then you also touched there you go. the topic or you, you touched the idea of how fire really works. Like if you throw diamond into the fire, nothing will happen to the diamond. But all the shit will burn, right? And that's the... <laughs> Yeah, burning and hurts, burning, but and burning hurts. in the end, what is real will stay. Of course. Yeah. And you need to trust that. And the way we burn is in relationship, in relationship with another, in relationship with life, in relationship with ourselves. And also, I loved how you said that I'm not shaping you into the diamond, I will help you uncover the diamond in yourself. Yeah. Now, Misha, this is incredibly important in relationships, but it is vital, vital oh, yeah. in parenting. So true. We are trying to shape them into how we see, because you know, them be successful, happy, Beautiful. Yeah. The ideal version that we see of them, but it is completely unnecessary. So at some point, you must realize that 
-hmm. You are not the bringer of lessons for your children, for your children. Life will bring the lessons and it will break their hearts. Nobody will go through life without heartbreak and they will experience heartbreak and they will, Mm -hmm. and they will break break other people's hearts. Yeah. And, And so that is inevitable. Trying to avoid that is a useless, frustrating, tiring endeavor. But when you realize that life will bring the lessons that are needed, the perfect ones for them, the ones they will need, the ones that will guide them, and your only job is to love them through them. It might be hard. And the same, mm-hmm. and the same goes for your partner. Yeah. You have nothing to teach them. This is so good. I I used to be a teacher See? for so many years until I realized, well, there is actually no lesson to be delivered. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And this all from, from a, a raffle ticket. From a tiger lady. <laughs> yeah. From a tiger ticket. That's so good. What would you recommend to someone who thinks that he or she is not a tiger and he, who, he, who got the tiger? Well, what I would recommend to anyone is realize that you are the tiger. Realize that you are the diamond because that that is real transformation from the inside out. Nothing on earth will transform your life to the point of tears, like realizing truth. Nothing. Yeah. Everything else is temporary. Realizing truth is is the transformation agent by excellence. Yeah. Yeah. Or like one of my teachers would say, no amount of self-improvement would will give you what a moment of self-acceptance of the real you so true. can. Self-improvement, the whole self-improvement industry is such a big show and delusion. There is pretty much nothing to improve. (laughs) There is only to get rid of. Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, and and improving whatever covers the diamond is, you know, it's just... It's like packaging the package. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. All right. Well, this was this was As a always. deep exploration today, Misha. We had no <laughs> idea you, where we were going. Okay. Cheers. Thank you, Misha. A pleasure. Thank you for listening to the School for Mystics podcast.